in a manner of speaking, where you're at. I, I think all of us are in similar places. Uh, some of us are tired this morning, worn out physically. Some of us are worn out uh, mentally. Some of us are worn out both. Some of us are worn out emotionally. Some of us just have more on our plate than we can shake a stick at. Some of us are going through tough times. Some of us have gone through some good times, and now it's tough. And, and listen, that is, here's the reality of that. That is, I'll try to say this in a nice way. That's life. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And I don't, I don't say that in a, I'm just saying that that is the life in which we find ourselves. It's a pressure cooker. It's a, it's a, it's a stress pot. It's, it's, it's fire. It's ice. It's just, it's all or nothing. It's, it's, we just live in that. It's like a roller coaster. I mean, it's like that. And, and this week, man, I have more on my plate than, than I needed. And, uh, it was one of those weeks where, you know, you start to feel your age physically. Any of y'all feel your age? Okay. I think I'm feeling somebody else's age because I feel a lot older today than I, than I actually am. But you, you have some of those. I mean, sometimes you have a, a week like that. Sometimes you have years. But, I mean, it was just a, it was a hard week, and I kept, I, I hit that place, and I had planned on starting a new series this week. And I just... Didn't get anything from God. You know what I mean? I, I sat down. I started my Bible, my Bible study, and, and I got some great information, but none of it, it wasn't him talking. I said, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm, if, if you don't speak, I'm not going to speak, okay? <laughs> I came a, a heartbeat from calling Billy, and uh, maybe, maybe he can't hear me, <laughs> and said, hey, will you just preach tomorrow? But I, I knew God wanted me to share something. And so I guess what I'm saying is I'm going to share something with you today. I'm not sure. I know where I'm going to start. I'm not sure what I'm going to say, but I think it's for all of us. And I, I think I just want, we're going to look at, we're going to look at the goodness of God in the next couple of weeks and, and start a series there and see how great God is. But I think God just wants to remind us today that he knows where we're at. He's not wringing his hands. He's not, you know, he's not going, well, I wish I had worked with somebody else. He just wants to encourage this morning, okay? And that's all I want to do. I'm not going to preach. Uh, I don't even know that I'm going to teach. I'm just going to encourage. And please hear me. As I share what I'm going to share, I'm sharing it first with me, all right? Because I'm I'm at the table with you guys. And so I, I, I don't ever want to preach at people or teach at people. Whenever God shows me, it, it, it's come through me. And, and typically, I'm, I'm better prepared than I am today, but then again, I may be perfectly prepared with what God wants to say. I, I don't, this is an unusual thing for me. But I, I, as I begin, as I begin to get closer and closer to the end of the week, I, I was tempted and I know other pastors never do that. I was tempted to go into my file and get a what pastors call a sugar stick. Okay, do y'all know what a sugar stick is? Okay, it's a tried and true that you know you can just fall back on. But I can honestly say this: since we have planted this church, I have never preached a sugar stick. Okay, I, I just told God I said I'm not doing that anymore. 
if you don't speak, then, then we'll do something else. And so I, every time I leaned that way, I got nothing. Now, the passage of Scripture that I was thinking about was the passage of Scripture that's in that sugar stick, except God wanted to show me something else from it. And, and, and I'm not sure I've gained everything out of it, but I'm, I'm just going to share this today because I want to encourage you where you're at, okay? I want you to realize this. You are exactly where God wants you right now, all right? I know, I know for some of you that, that can't be true. No, you, you're there. He knew you would be there. He knew what you would be going through. And, and his, Romans 8, 1 says, or it may not be 8, 1. Never, no, no, it's not 8, 1. It's Romans 8, about middle way through. That he works all things to the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. In other words, he can take the bad things that are going on around us and he can turn those. He didn't create them. He didn't cause them. But he can still use them in spite of. And so wherever you're at this morning, I want you to just take a deep breath and relax. Okay? Because God, I believe, wants to encourage us. Uh, one of the things that uh, I'm learning right now and I've been learning for a long time is that God wants us to walk with Him in faith. He, in other words, He wants us to trust Him in everything that comes our way, in everything that we face, uh, no matter what's going on, He wants us just to trust Him. Uh, I've, I've had the opportunity this uh, semester to teach uh, some young uh, future pastors and teachers and, and different things, but I've been, I've been teaching on the covenants that are in Scripture, and, and I'm not going to try to name all of them, but there, there are several in the Old Testament, a couple in the New Testament. And every one of those covenants, none of those covenants are different in ultimately what God desires. He desired from the very beginning for Adam to walk in faith with him, just to trust him. He says, look, you, you obey me, you do what I say, I'll take care of you. And when we, we, we hear that word obey, we think, well, we have to, you know, we're like kids, we have to mind. Well, that's not what God's, that's not, that's not it. No, when God speaks and we hear him, we are supposed to obey him. That, that's how faith is walked out. And by the way, that's the message that's been on the sign for six months, okay? I know some of you are wondering when I'm going to change it. Well, when we start doing it, okay? <laughs> or when I start doing it. But it, it's, it's hearing God. And Adam heard God, and he, and he, he, he disobeyed. Uh, uh, Noah heard God, and, and he, he obeyed. He built an ark, and, and there was disobedience in, in his family and, and different things. And that's been the story. He comes to Abraham. Abraham uh, is, a, is a pagan, and God calls him out of paganism and, and says, Abraham, if you will trust me and just walk with me, I'll do this and this and this. And, and God does that. And by the way, if you'll study the covenant that God has with Abraham, it mirrors the covenant that Jesus made with us. He, Abraham is an Old Testament picture that's rich 
It's it's richer than 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 we really believe. And and then he he, he makes the covenant with the, the people of Israel, the Mosaic covenant. He makes a an addendum to it in the in, at Sinai, and he, he makes a little bit, changes it a little bit, uh, or maybe doesn't change it, but he makes it fuller with with King David. But it wasn't that God wanted them to to check off boxes and, and to do and to do and do. He wanted them to be his children. He wanted them to be his people and he wanted to be their God. And their responsibility was to obey God, to walk out in faith what he had given them to do. It was never about 10,000 rules. It was just simply walking out what God had given them to do and realizing that we can never keep these laws. See, all those laws were just to show them what sin was. He wanted them to walk in faith. And what happens is we get get under pressure. Circumstances come in our life. And we just lose lose focus. And we begin to question. uh, and, And listen, this is not... If you feel like I'm picking on you, I'm not. I think we all do this. We begin to begin to question: Is God really who He says He is, and is He really good, and does He really love me? And 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 and, and but 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 God, you know, it's it's all of that. And I I find a, a passage in Scripture, and this passage is a literal story. It's not a, a spiritual story. It's a literal event, but it's in this passage that that uh, that. I believe God wants to speak to us this morning. And I believe He wants to speak to us a little about what He expects. Okay? Just, just what He... What, what, Lord, what do you expect faith-wise from me? Uh, we all worry about more faith. Listen, God has given you as much faith as you need for this moment. Faith is a gift from God. Okay? It's not something we work up. It's a gift. And He gives us... Faith that is sufficient for what we need. The problem is for most of us, we never access the depth of the faith He's given us. And so we pray for more when we don't use what we have. I, I find it interesting, and, and I'm going I'm to be reading out of Matthew chapter uh, 14, and I'm going to, in a minute, read out of verse 22. Uh, Tom's got the passage, and... and uh, this doesn't have a title yet, and we'll think, think of one tomorrow, maybe, okay? But we're just going to talk about, we're going to talk about faith, and we're going to talk about what Jesus expects. You know, Jesus, his experience was up and down as well, okay? He, 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 the disciples that, that traveled to him, with him, it was up and down. You say, what do you mean? Jesus was God. He, da, da, da. Yeah, but you know what? Jesus was flesh. He, he was human. And Jesus would have days that, you know, were beyond belief. And then he'd have a day just like we have. At the end of chapter 13, it it talks about that Jesus goes back to his hometown, Nazareth. And uh, he was teaching in their synagogues. And man, people were, they were blown away by what he had to say. And, and, And the question is, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous power? Isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this the carpenter's boy? What's he, what's he talking about? And there was no belief in Nazareth. And Jesus, Scripture says, and he did not do many miracles there because of the unbelief. I mean, it's not a good day. And then as, as, as they leave Nazareth, word comes to Jesus that John the Baptist has been beheaded. 
Now, I understand Scripture correctly. John was a cousin to Jesus. They were, they were, they were, they were related by, I guess, their mothers, I think. And anyway, John, I don't know how close John and Jesus were, but I, I, I do know this, that, that John was a major player in God's program. I don't know if we realize it or not. He is the last prophet of the Old Testament. The last one. He is the forerunner. He is the one whom God chose to go before the king when the king came. And he is the one who, who, who preached and he taught. He was to prepare the nation of Israel for the king's arrival. And, and John does that. And so all of a sudden this news comes to Jesus. And it says in, in verse 13, it says, Now when Jesus heard it, he withdrew from there in a boat to a lonely place by himself. He just needed to get away. You ever just need to get away? I think we're 100%. Jesus needed some time apart. And so we, we, as we read this, uh, he, he goes with his disciples and they're, going to, they're headed for a, a place where there's no crowds. The crowds are pressing all the time. The stress is there all the time. Every, there's always somebody wanting something. You, you know what that's like? Any of y'all know what that's like? I think we all do. There, there, there's just somebody, there's needs, 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 needs. Everywhere there are needs. By the way, you were not, met, you were not created to meet those needs on your own. You were made to create, to let me take one step back. You were made to meet those needs through what Christ has given you. Okay? And every need that comes your way is not your responsibility. I must set somebody free here this morning. Okay? Every need you see is not your need to meet. Only the ones that God says, take care of this. Do that. Now, I realize that sometimes the ones we are supposed to meet are overwhelming. Right? Amen? Amen. They are. But they're not overwhelming for the one who lives within us. They're not overwhelming. They're not too much for His Holy Spirit. They only become overwhelming when we take on too much. And we grab hold of too much. And we start to try to do instead of walking it out in faith and acting on what God's telling us. You've got to listen to hear God speak. And if you don't hear Him speak, then how can you obey and so what happens is Jesus, he draws, he, he takes his, his disciples, they get in a boat, they head for a, uh, they're going to take a, you know, they're going to take a little R&R. Well, when they get there, this crowd has followed them. And if you know the story, uh, there's, a, there's a huge multitude and Jesus ministers and he teaches and, and, and it's drawing near dark and the, multi, uh, the, the disciples say, Lord, let's just send them away. There's nothing out here to eat. Let's just send them on. And Jesus says, no, no, no. They, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. In other words, you, you act in what you have seen before. You use your faith to feed them. And if you know the story, he, he takes, uh, they find five fish and two, or two fish and five loaves and, and Jesus blesses it and he feeds the multitudes, and, and over 5,000 men eat. Now that doesn't include the ladies nor the children. So there may have been a crowd here of 10 or 12,000 people. 
I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a, a mountaintop moment. I mean, if you're one of the disciples and you, you know how many fish there were and you've handed them out and then you gathered them back up and, and there's 12 full baskets. Every, in other words, every disciple has still got a full basket. It's like, wow, God. And, 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 and the crowd realizes it's a, miracle, a great miracle. And so they begin to whisper among themselves, could this be the Messiah? Could this be the king? Let's, let's make him the king. And Jesus recognizes how much danger his disciples are in. And so he puts them in a little boat in a safe place. Keep this in mind as, as we, we move forward. He puts them in a safe place. And he tells them to go. So they are in the will of God, right? Well, we think so. <laughs> they are. They're in the will of God. They're in the boat. Jesus put them in the boat and said, hey, I'll catch up with you later. You're good. And so uh, he goes up on top of the mountain. And if you know the story, uh, in verse 22, this will probably be on the screen, it says, and immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side where he sent the multitude, while he sent the multitudes away. In other words, he defused the situation. There, there was about to be an uprising. And there were about to be a lot of people that get killed because they've gone into revolt against Rome. And so Jesus defuses that situation. He takes care of it. And he sends the multitudes away. And after he sent the multitudes away, he goes up on the mountain by himself to pray. And it says when it was evening, he was there alone. Now, that's where he's had been headed all this time. <laughs> okay, He just had a lot of needs to meet before he got there. And, and as, he's, as he's praying and as he's, he's, he's uh, relaxing, and when I say relaxing, as he's, as he's getting heart to heart with his father and, and, and the father's restoring him and, and he, he's, he's getting his head straight and where he's headed next. There's a little word in verse 24. It says, but. But the boat was already many stadia and, and it, a stadia is basically 600 feet. Okay, And so it, it, was, it was many stadia away. I, I don't know, I mean, maybe a half mile, maybe a mile, I don't know, but they've been gone for a while, all right? And it was many stadia away from the land, and it was battered by the waves, and it's an interesting word there, it's translated batter in English, but in Greek it means tormented, okay? It's the same word that's often used when demonized people would come to Jesus, tormented. So there's, there's this idea that there's something a little bit bigger going on here than we know about. So they're, they're battered by the waist, for the wind was contrary. In other words, it wasn't helping them out. There, there's, a, there's a storm there. I have a, a picture, and I've had it for probably 15 years. It's, a, you know, it's one of these size here, and it, it sits above my door in my office so every day I can see it, but it's a picture of what's about to take place here. It's when Jesus comes walking to this boat on the water, and Peter gets out of the boat, it, it, and you can barely see them for the water and the, and the wind, and, and I stare at that picture a lot, okay? 
because that's where I feel like I live most of the time. And that's where it sounds like most of you live all the time. To be honest with you, that is where we live, okay? In that storm. Now, storms come and storms go, but there's a continuous cycle of them, all right? That's, that's, that's called life. And what's happening is, is God is teaching us to trust Him in spite of the storm. Did God send the storm? I don't think, in this passage, I know He didn't. I don't think He does in our lives, all right? I'm, I'm going to preach a lot on this later, but God's good. And He's good all the time, and all the time He's good. He's good, good, good. But you know what? We live in a world that's under the curse of sin. We have an enemy who's real, all right? And his, his desire is to kill, to steal, and destroy. And that's all he is determined to do. And so what happens is he's decided Jesus is not with these guys. I'll send them to David Jones' locker as quick as I can. Now, some of these guys were not tax collectors. Matthew happens to be a tax collector. He's, he's a landlubber. He's writing this story. But Peter's not. James and John are not. And there's some other guys on that boat. And you know what? They're a little frantic too because this is a little bit different than they're used to. And so Jesus sees this. And so he strolls out. And I don't know that he was going to help them, okay? He was just, he was make, taking a shortcut to where he was supposed to be. I don't understand this, okay? I, I can't explain anymore. I do not know. But as he, verse 25 says, and in the fourth watch of the night. Now remember, they left before dark. Well, it's between... Uh, 4 and 6 a.m. in the morning. Or 3 a.m. and 6 in the morning. It's the darkest part of the night. You ever been there? That's where the problems are. <laughs> okay. That's where the problems get bigger than they really are, is in that dark point of time before the dawn breaks. And Jesus, it says in verse 26 or 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were frightened, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. One of the other passages says he intended to walk on by them. Now, you know, let's don't throw any rocks at them, okay? Because that would have wigged me out. <laughs> All right? I, I mean, I, I'm thinking, okay, how, how could he see in the dark? Did, does he have a flashlight? Maybe he, maybe he is his own flashlight. I don't know. I mean, he is the light of the world. I don't know all that. I just know it scared him to death. And they saw him, and yet they think it's a ghost. Now, what does that tell you? They still got some issues with their own belief system, their own worldview. It's, it's still kind of messed up. But it's, it's interesting. We, we, we have... There, there are all these buts in this passage. But the boat. But here's a, a good one. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it's I. It's, hey guys, it's me. Don't be afraid. 
And you can hear this in the boat. Okay, we're safe. It's the Master. It's Jesus. You know what? Every once in a while, we got to tune in and we got to listen. Because every time we get afraid, every time we get we, we think all is lost, every time uh, we, our, our fears overwhelm us, Jesus says, take courage. I'm here. Don't be afraid. Now, He doesn't yell it. He just speaks it. I may hear Him uh, with my ears. I may hear Him with my heart. I may just sense it. And so he says, guys, take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. Now here's where I want to just dig in for a few moments. I don't want to belabor this very long, but Peter answers him. Now Jesus doesn't ask a question. All right? He just makes a statement. <laughs> but Peter answers him. And, and, and Peter says this, Lord, if it's you... now there." Based on the English translation, it seems as though there's some doubt in his mind that it's Jesus. There's not. In the Greek, this is a, a, a second, I believe it's a second class conditional sentence. In other words, he says, since it's you. When Satan comes to Jesus to tempt him, in the three temptations, our, trans, our English translations say, if you're the son of God. You think there's any doubt in his mind if there was a son of God, if he was the son of God? No. He knew who he was. And so it's the same kind of conditional sentence. What he says, this is true, the first part, since you're the son of God, truth, do this, truth. And that's what Peter's doing here. He said, Lord, if it's you, then you command me to come to you on the water. In other words, because it's you, if you say it, I can do it. So there's no, there's no doubt in this. He says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Now, I want, I want to stop for a minute. How many of you want to have faith like Peter? I'm just going to bless you. You already do. Everyone has the same kind of faith he had. Exactly. His faith was in Jesus, right? It's not how much faith you have. It's what your faith is in. It's the object of your faith that makes it valuable. And so we, we already have that faith. And so he says to him, Lord, since it's you, can I come out there with you? Now he's safe in the boat. Okay? Safe. Jesus put him in the boat, numbered his seat before the foundation of the world. He is safe as safe can be, right? Right? Okay. So if he stays in the boat, he's safe, right? Except there's something in him that wants to be with Jesus. What I'm trying to say here is sometimes Jesus isn't in the boat. Even though the boat is where He put us. And, and we can stay in the boat if we want to. 
But there comes places in life where the boat is too small. The boat is not getting it. It's boring. The boat is, is doesn't, you know, I, I, we're, I, it's more exciting, Lord. I see you working there and there and there, and it's more exciting out there than it is in here. And, and there's nothing wrong with the boat. Let me just say that, all right? But the only way that you or I will ever get out of the boat is to exercise our faith. Now, Peter's made this big, bold request. Lord, if it's me, I mean, if it's you, since it's you, command me to come out of the boat. Well, Jesus answers him with one word, and he said, come. He doesn't say, come if you can. In essence, he says, you have my permission to act. It's a command. Come. Now he's got to obey God, right? Or disobey God. He was safe in the boat with his mouth shut. (laughs) He just couldn't keep his mouth shut. Can I just say this? God is looking for some men and some women who can't keep their mouth shut. He really is. Hebrews chapter 11. This will be the only other passage I probably go to because Tom doesn't have the other ones, but and I don't have them either, but I have this one. And without faith, it's impossible to please him, to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You see, Peter was actively seeking to be where Jesus was. He wasn't satisfied with safe. All right? And can I just say this? And I, I'm not speaking to anybody in this room. I'm speaking to me. But if you want to be safe, and that's all you want, then it's going to get boring. Because God is good, but He's not safe. He will ask you to do things that humanly you cannot do. He will ask you to go places you can humanly not go. He will ask you to be something you cannot humanly do. He's not safe. He's not safe. We've developed this this idea that He is a place of safety, but that place of safety is not always in a safe place. Okay, there's a difference between between being in Jesus and in being a sa- in a safe place. If I'm in Jesus, I'm safe. But I may be in the middle of a war. I may be in the jungle. I may be in a situation where, you know what, I'm a banana peel away from sliding right on out of here. But if I'm in Jesus, I'm safe. And so what Jesus does, he he tells Peter, he says, you have permission to act. Come on. Well, a few minutes ago, we could hear the sigh in the boat. Now we can hear the air suck out of the room. I mean, it gets quiet. 
And Peter has to make a decision. Do I put up or do I shut up? <laughs> do I obey or do I just sit down and be safe but live in disobedience? Because you can be in a safe place and be disobedient. Okay, You can be in a place where Jesus puts you and still be disobedient because he's called you to come out of it. And so Peter, Peter, Scripture says, Peter got out of the boat. Now this is a guy who makes his living fishing. He knows in here he can't walk out there. And if you study Scripture, water has different symbolic meanings. Sometimes water is life. And sometimes it's death, okay? The deep. It's the unknown. It's the mysterious. It's the, it's the fearful. Everything is in the deep is, is the fearful. You don't, know, you don't know what's there. Listen, I, I remember when I was in high school. Y'all remember Jaws? Jaws came out. I went to see Jaws. Terrified. <laughs> scared to death. I closed my eyes because every time I could hear that sound, dun, 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 something bad happened. And I can remember some friends of mine, we decided it would be more fun to go skiing on Smith Lake behind the bass boat during the week than to go to school. So we did. And it was my turn to ski, and they dropped me off, and off they went. Turn around and come back. And I'm just sitting there and the water's just, excuse me, the water's just as still as it can be. You know what I hear in my head? Dun, 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 dun. I'm talking to myself. There's no sharks in Smith Lake. There's no sharks in Smith Lake. There's no sharks in Smith Lake. But for a moment there, I was terrified. And every time I go skiing, and I hadn't been in a while, and I probably don't need to go skiing anymore, okay? Uh, I, I just don't need to. But every time I drop down there and it's still, I mean, there wasn't a ripple in the lake. I can hear that sound. And it, it just, well, that's, 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 that's where Peter's at right there. He, he just, all of a sudden, it's, oh my gosh. I got to step out into the, the abyss here, the, the deep. And listen, all of us have the deep around us. Okay? And sometimes we're, we're standing on it. Sometimes we're ankle deep in it. Sometimes we're waist deep. And sometimes we're treading water going under and coming up. Okay? That, that's just life. That is life. And yet, listen to what happens here. And it says, And Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came toward Jesus. Now, we probably skip those words most of the time when we hear this passage taught because we like to get to verse 30. But seeing the wind, he became afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Because most of us want everybody to stay in the boat where it's safe. But that's not what he did. Because spectacular things rarely happen in safe places. Okay? Because, to be honest with you, it doesn't take a lot of faith 
to take a step, I mean, to stay in your seat. Our culture tells us to stay in our seat and shut up. The church tells us that for the most part. Stay in your seat. Don't draw any attention to yourself. Shut up. Jesus loves it. When Peter goes, hey, 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 Lord. You know, there were 11 other guys there. You ever thought what they thought? When he takes us, yeah, shut up, (laughs) sit down. (laughs) Exactly, that's exactly what they thought. And then, though, they saw him walking. The sit down, shut up, disappeared. And you know what every one of them thought? I wish that were me. Because all of us want to do those things. And it's not, it's not bad things that make us want to do. It's good things. It's God things in us. All of a sudden we're saying, you know, I could have done that. I mean, how hard is it to crawl out of a boat? You just put one leg over and push. I can tell some of you have never done that before. <laughs> you just take a jump. I don't know if Peter crawled out or if he stood up on the edge and just jumped. I don't know. But when he gets to the water, he doesn't sink. And to be honest with you, we don't know how far away from the boat Jesus was. See, most of us think he took a step and then he went down. I don't know. I think he took more than one step. He's got his eyes focused on the, his, his object of faith. It's Jesus. The longer he walks, the more confident he becomes. I mean, he's got a little swagger, I think. I, I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm just read the story and add some things maybe, but not bad things. But I think he, hey, I'm really walking. And so, and then all of a sudden, he, he hears something in his ear. He hears the wind. He feels the rain. And all of a sudden he takes his eyes off Jesus and begins to look at his circumstances. Which, to be honest with you, have not changed. Okay? It's still raining. The wind is still tormenting. Uh, It's battering the waves. And the wind is contrary to where they want to go. His hair is laid back straight behind his head. The rain is beating his eyes out. The, The conditions haven't changed. In here is what had changed. I can do this. Jesus said I could. He just steps out. Jesus gave him no more faith to do it. He just exercised what he already had. Okay? Y'all with me? Okay, we, we, make this, we make this comic book material here, the superhero stuff nobody can do, but no, this is just a little snapshot into the life in a situation. You see, faith is, is, not, is not some magical thing. In fact, Jesus reaches out when he starts to sink and grabs him, and then he speaks to him and says, Oh, you have little faith. In other words, you, you didn't exercise very much faith, and look what you did. And when you took what little faith you had off of me, look what happened. Why did you doubt? What I'm trying to say this morning is this. Every one of us in this room, whether you believe it or not, are terrified of what's going to happen next. Okay? In in a sense, we are. 
That's where we live at. We're, we're, we don't like, we were talking about this morning, we like boring and we like things that happen clockwork. Except that's not the world we live in and that's not the God we follow. God has given us promises. And He's told us that if we'll just trust Him and obey Him, that we will do what He was doing and even greater things. And I believe God has brought us to a place where He just wants us to exercise the faith we have. Quit praying for more faith and just use what you've got. Which means for some of us, it's just stand up in the boat. It it has nothing to do with getting out of the boat. There, there may be a handful that need to jump off, you know, cannonball and go right over the side. But for most of us, it's just stand up. God said for me to do this, I'm doing it. I'm not going to, well, I didn't, I'm not sure I heard him. I'm, I'm not sure that was his voice. I'm not sure uh, this, I'm not sure that. Listen, I promise you, the enemy will never tell you to tell anybody about Jesus. The enemy will never tell you to offer to pray for somebody. The enemy will never get you to to reach out and help somebody that's in trouble. The enemy just does not do that because those things don't kill, steal, or destroy. And he never changes his M.O. God will, will, will do those things and he will give us those opportunities, but then I have to respond. Then I have to take that step. And here's what I have found in my own personal life, that until I take the step, nothing happens. The only thing that happens if I linger is the fear gets greater and the mountain gets bigger and the enemy becomes a a giant. It's when I take the step that God acts. And God acts. As I continue to step, God acts. What we want is God to act, do everything, and we never have to step. We can ride in the boat. God's looking for Peter's here. He doesn't say to Peter, oh, you of no faith. He says, oh, you of little faith. In other words, there's so much more faith you have access to. Why don't you access it? I have given you all that you need. It's interesting. It says, and when they got in the boat. Now, we read this in verse 30. Seeing the wind, in the, the, uh, seeing the wind, he became afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, took hold of him, and said to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, you ever wondered how he got back to the boat? Most of us have this idea that Jesus hoisted him up on his shoulder and carried him back. No. Peter walked back. You know what that says to me? We're going to mess up. We're going to fall. We're going to sink. We're going to look stupid. But to who? We most of the time, that idea that I look stupid, I look foolish, I, I, I'm a moron, I shouldn't have done that, is only me. Nobody else knows it. God's going like this. <laughs> because nobody else gets out of that boat. Just Peter. 
Peter's the only other person in all of Scripture, and as far as I know, who walked on water. Now, I know I'm an Alabama fan, and there was a coach we thought walked on water, but there's no record of that, okay? Just these two, Jesus and Peter. Listen, faith is about messing up and getting up. It, 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 it's about falling down and dusting ourselves off and taking another step and falling down and dust ourselves off and taking another step. He who is not or she who is not willing to fall down will never walk in faith. You will never see the things you read about in here. Abraham had to get up and leave the country and the people that he had always known. He had to separate himself from the life that he had built to experience the promise of God. Over and over and over that happens. The obscure person that, uh, that faith was talking about, he, has to, he had to go to this king. He had to strap on a knife. He had to do all those things. He had to do that. God didn't take his knife and, and fly it miraculously through the air and plunge it into the king's stomach and then pull it out and send it all the way back to his scabbard. He had to go up and have a private meeting. He had to get out of his boat. It was safer where he was at. He had to climb down the trellis to get away. We have to stop being afraid to get up and to climb over the side. Because here's the the reality. If Jesus gives us permission to act, and I want to back up a minute, because that's where most of us are. If Jesus says, I can do this, I'll do it. Jesus has already said you can do it. Matthew chapter 28. Go ye therefore. Make disciples. Duplicate me through you. The only way you can duplicate me is to do everything that I can so that they can see you do it so that they can learn to do it and duplicate me through them. Does that make sense or am I just kind of... In other words, I don't have to wait to know I can pray for somebody. I don't have to wait to know I can share the gospel with somebody. I don't have to wait. I don't have to pray a big long prayer and go, God, do you want me to do this or this or that? No, I just do that. You say, Nelson, how do you know? Because he tells me to on every page in this book. He tells me to be like him. Jesus did not walk by people who had needs. Jesus did not walk by people uh, that, that, that were, were clamoring for him. He stopped, and he would minister to them. Now, the ones that didn't want anything, that were happy to stay on the outskirts, that's not who I'm talking about. But listen, if you will just act with the people around you, you'll have your hands full. You'll get plenty of practice. Most of us fear going and talking to people we don't know. But we don't even talk to our relatives. We don't even talk to our family about these things. We have to use our faith there to get there. Folks, we have to use what He's given us. We have permission to act. The only thing that's 
Not happening is we're not acting. We're sitting on our hands. We're, we're ducking down so maybe Jesus won't see me behind brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so or my buddy. Maybe he'll see them, he won't see me. And if he doesn't see me, then he doesn't know what I'm doing. Oh, he saw all 12 guys in the boat. Okay. And they were obeying him. None of them were disobedient. But there was just one that wanted more. And you see, think what you may about Peter, but he always always wants more. 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 As pastors, we love to castigate him and, and, and beat on him. We loved doubting Thomas. We love to call him that. And, and he's not really that kind of person because, by the way, he, he, Thomas tells the disciples, well, let's go with Jesus and we'll die with Jesus. I think I'll stay here in Cana. Y'all go with Jesus. He could have said that, but he didn't. Peter's the same way. Lord, I'm not letting anybody take you. And by the way, the only disciple, as far as I know, that whips a sword out is Peter. He doesn't just whip it out to show you I got one. He whips it out and uses it. It's a pretty deft move, okay? He misses the guy's head by this much. That's pretty good for a fisherman. Okay? My point is, is that there was something different about Peter. He wanted more. And listen to me. It's okay to want more with God. More than you have at this moment. It's it's okay. It's all right. Because there's always more with Him. You can can want more of, of of the presence of God. You can want more of the power of God. You can want more of the gifts of God. You can want, this would be a good one, more of the fruit of the Spirit of God. You can want more uh, experiences. There's nothing wrong with experiences. By the way, the only way we know God is through experience. We don't know God just through our mind. We've taught that since the Reformation that it's here. This is where it's important. No, it's here. It's here. It's here. It's experience. That's how He proves Himself. All through the Old Testament are through experiences. But listen... I can also sit in a boat. And I can be satisfied with the last experience that he gave me. Which is what 11 of those guys did. Get in the boat. I'll see y'all on the other side. That's all they wanted was to be safe. They had an experience. They held on to it. Peter, about midway through, he's tired of rowing. He's tired of, 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 of the water splashing in his face. He's tired of the wind. I'm tired of the safe place. I want something else. And he steps out. This morning, I just want to challenge you to make a decision. I'm not telling you to get up. Bell out over the side. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want to be safe? Or do you want to be secure with Jesus? Because you can be safe 
and not be exactly where Jesus is. Jesus may be outside the boat. But the boat, getting from the boat, which is safe, to Jesus has a cost. Okay? Has a cost. And that cost is obedience. I know this is probably not popular, but this is reality. For us to walk with Jesus, we have to get to the place where we don't care what other people think. Okay? When I'm more concerned about what they think instead of what he thinks, I'm not walking with him. And we've got to get to the place where we say, I'm going with him regardless of where he takes me. Now, for this story, I'm going to tell this story and I'm going to close and we're going to get out of here. We're going to beat those Baptists on the hill to the restaurant today. Okay? I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's, it's been, let me, let me do some math real quick. 2009. Most of you that know me for a long time, I, I had, a, I had a, a great ministry position. People, you know, were involved in the ministry I was doing. It was safe. And God began to, to work in my heart and, and just to show me that my time was done there. It had nothing to do with anybody or anything. It was just God said, I'm, we're, you're done here. And so I, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to do something else I want to do. And, and I went to eat lunch. A friend of mine, we rode to, to eat lunch with a, a pastor, and, and that pastor offered me a job. And, and you guys know David Jett. Uh, but to, to, to do the job would mean I would have to move 250 miles from a place I had never moved from. I'm, I'm over 50 years old, living in the same place my whole life. My greatest fear in saying yes to God in ministry was that He would take me to deepest, darkest Africa. Okay? And by that I mean that metaphorical place. I'd have to move. And so I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled. And, and almost a year, and finally I realized, okay, God, I, I'm, I've committed my life to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're we're, we're going to do it. The hardest thing I've ever done. I remember the day we joined Crossgates Baptist Church. I cried like a baby. There, there all those people are trying to figure out, why is this guy crying? Man, my heart is broke. I know I'm supposed to, I knew I was supposed to get up and get out of the boat, but you know what? It wasn't the boat I wanted to get out of and, and, and all that, but I, I did it anyway. And, and it was an awesome job, and I, 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 I got to do things that uh, I never would have gotten to do anywhere else. But it wasn't the place yet. Because what was happening is God was getting me out of my boat so that I wouldn't get back in another boat. Okay? We want to go from boat to boat. We want to go from safety to safety. About a year into it, God says, I want you to go home and I want you to plant a church. I heard home. <laughs> okay. 
planting the church thing was a little bit, you know, it, it was scary. And I can remember when I left Crossgates, I had some friends that I served with, and they asked me, man, what's this like? I said, it's like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute. Because I had no support. I had no check tomorrow. I had nobody to take care of us. I was supposed to do that. And I had no job if I do this. And I can remember when I left, they gave me this really nice cooler. It was a, a, a camouflage cooler. And inside the camouflage cooler was a parachute. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a parachute. I just, it's my barn somewhere. I never used it. And, and, and we stepped out and we, we, we planted this church. And everything that was supposed to be easy was hard. And everything that was supposed to be hard was easy. And it was stress, stress, stress. And to this day, it's still that way. But here's what I've learned. That stress comes from wrong reacting in me. The first year I spent... Y'all don't know this. I spent 12 months stressing where we weren't going to go after the school because Jefferson County would only uh, lease a school for a year. And then we, by the way, we had a picnic one Sunday. Y'all, those of you that have been with us long enough, we had a picnic at, at Moncrief Park. The reason we had the picnic is because we didn't have a building or anywhere to worship at, okay? And then we ended up in the Fultondale City Hall for a few Sundays until the place where we ended up next was. But most of you don't know this. I couldn't sign a long-term lease because the city wouldn't let me. And the guy kept saying, well, I'm going to tear this building down. I just don't know when. And so it was month to month. And then all of a sudden, here we are. I'm not saying I don't stress out still. I do. But I have learned God will take care of those who walk with Him in faith. Now, I'm not some, I'm just like you. I have my days too. Every Monday, I'm ready to quit. By the end of the day, I talk myself out of it, okay? But we all are in that place. But here's, here's the deal God has been teaching me over a lifetime to trust Him. And I am at the place where I hope. The next time he asks me to do something, I don't even hesitate. I just get out of the boat. I want to challenge you to get out of the boat today. I want to challenge you to take whatever the fear is, whatever the uncertainty is, whatever frightens you to death, and just lay it right here. Just put it there. And then go, God, where are we going? Because I'm telling you, God is getting ready to shake this place. Okay? You say, Nelson, how do you know? I just know it. Okay? That's all I can tell you. I know it. I know it. There are things happening. I heard a little boy today say he was going to fast. I said, have you ever fasted before? He goes, nope. I said, how long you plan on doing it? Seven days. Okay? Children don't talk about that. You say, well, they probably heard their parents or their grandparents talk about it. I don't care. They don't talk about that. that that's, that's like, ding. That's like God. Ding. You say, how do you know that? Because I know it. There are other things that are taking place all around us. 
I sent a dozen letters to the churches in Warrior. I got ten of them back. You know what that told me? Nelson, you've got to do a better job on getting addresses because what's in the book are not right. So I called their phone numbers, and Debbie called their phone numbers, and guess what? Their phones have been disconnected, but they still have churches. Guess what? The enemy doesn't want those pastors to know about what we're going to do. Well, now you can look at it that way. Well, I prefer to look at it that way, okay? I take responsibility for the bad but you know what? I'm working to get every one of them if I have to go up there and put it on their doors. I just, I'm telling you something's up. But for us to experience it, it it's not going to be you or you or you that gets out of the boat. It's going to be us that gets out of the boat. Y'all do know us is not nearly as scary as just me. <laughs> but I'm going to say this and then I'm done. I'm through. If you're going to walk with Jesus, I'm telling you this from experience and from having studied Scripture for, for years and years and years. Walking with Jesus is done not in a crowd. It's done one-on-one. It's a lonely walk when it comes to folks. But I'm telling you, when you walk with Him, you're not lonely. And God is calling us to step out. Not, not for more faith, but in the faith that He's given us. What He's given us is sufficient for the moment. If we need more, I promise you, He'll give it to you. Alright? He won't leave you mid-step. It will just be there. So I want to encourage you, get out of the boat. You have permission. He's given permission to step out. He's given you permission to step on your fears. That's, that Peter's greatest fear, I imagine, as a fisherman was drowning. Because he had seen people drown. Steps out. All of a sudden, guess where he's standing? He's standing in a victorious position. His feet are on his fear. And God is calling us to put our feet on our fear. And if we'll stand on our fear, God will take us as a body to the place He wants to take us. He will take us to a, a place of greater uh, um, impact, greater outreach. But with that comes greater responsibility. The boat's safe, okay? You can sit in the boat, but you will always wonder, what if? What if? What if I had done this? What if? What if? What if? I got a few what ifs in my life, but you know what? I'm not going to let those determine what is. And God is calling us to step out, to walk. That, that may be in your job, that may be in your family, that may be in your profession, that may be in, in your uh, impact in the school. I don't, I'm not going to begin to try to tell you what that is, but I promise you, He is calling every one of us to take a step past where we've been into a place that's not safe. But really, it is. 
I said I was going to shut up. I'm going to say this. I am going to shut up, okay? Just know this. Wherever God is calling you or me to step, He is already there. And every provision that needs to be made has already been made for you or I to be successful. Because God is not a God of failure. God is a God who brings success. And by that I mean He brings completion of the tasks that He has given us. He would not call you to step into a place had He not already given you the ability to do it. So we can step from here to here with confidence. Simple confidence. And we can trust Him. We can trust Him. It didn't look like Peter thought it was going to look when he got out there. Okay? But he still walked. Even in the storm, he still walked. God's calling us to step out into whatever our storm is and to walk. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.